Hello and welcome to another episode of Chocolate Cake on Tuesday. I am your host, Charlotte Emma. Welcome to my lounge. Today we will be talking about the complexities of ambition and the nuances around that. I hope that these reflections combined with the ideas and biblical antimonies, a word we will get into later, will create a space for discussion in your own homes and friend circles. I hope to dissect a little bit of the complex principle of weakness versus power and offers a practical guidance for anyone grappling with the viewpoint of is ambition good? Is it okay? Is it godly? Is it something that I should have? Why don't I have it? And how can I get it? So if that sounds like something you're interested in, please listen in and grab, of course, a slice of chocolate cake and a cup of tea and join me in the lounge for a, another episode of Chocolate Cake on Tuesday. Welcome to the seventh episode of Chocolate Cake on Tuesday. Thanks guys for tuning in today. It amazes me that you are still on board with me. Just so you guys know, I plan to do 10 episodes. I'm really excited for the content coming up. After those 10 episodes, it will be Christmas time. Everyone will be taking it easy on a break. And so I thought that would be a good time to pause, reflect, and see if this is something that I would want to carry on. But we still have some great content coming up, so please stay tuned. This is number seven. Here we go. So today I had it on my heart to talk about the topic of ambition. And this became relevant to me last week, and I've chatted to some of you about it and to my husband, Jeffrey, because... I just couldn't get over it when a topic comes to me, it kind of sticks and it doesn't leave and so I thought I would share a little bit about it today. This is a space where I want to discuss things. I've done a little bit of research, I've done some praying, I've looked at the Bible, I've chatted to people, but I'm not dictating how we should approach ambition as human beings or as Christians or as females. I am putting ideas out to you guys that maybe you could think about it and have some ideas yourself. And hopefully if you had questions about this, it would bring clarity or it might raise some questions that you didn't have because I think this is a pretty cool topic that we sometimes overlook but it can be in the back of our heads and for me learning about this was super encouraging already I am putting what I've learned into practice and I have become a little bit more ambitious which kind of goes against my personality but we will get into all of that later. We will be talking about the dichotomy of power versus weakness especially when it comes to a biblical perspective of both of these. I had a big question mark in my head around these things because God displays his power through our weakness. He is an advocate and humility and gentleness. 
but he is also God and is all-powerful and magnificent and displays that through his nature and his creation. So yeah, are we supposed to live through weakness or are we supposed to let God display his power through our greatness? That was a question in my head. We'll also be addressing maybe some criticism that you may have in your heart against seeking ambition if you are of more uh, traditional view that we as Christians should not be ambitious. I think this is a good time to pause and say that this is not just for Christians. This podcast is certainly not just for Christians. There are so many different groups of Christians as well that believe different things and that's okay. This is kind of uh, my perspective from what I believe and I hope that there is something in here that you can take. You can listen to this and see my viewpoint And as we discussed in our previous episode about controversial issues, it's about hearing each other's viewpoint that is hopefully given and received in love so that we can understand each other and learn about more, not necessarily to agree. So don't worry if you agree with nothing I'm about to say. Maybe there is something that you can understand through this conversation. This will be a two-part discussion. So we will be talking part one today and part two next week or the week after. We haven't quite decided that. So part one, we're going to be talking about what I've discussed already. Part two, stay tuned because there is a lot more to talk about, which I will tell you at the end of the episode. So without further ado, let's begin. Let's start with a quick definition of what ambition means. The term ambition comes from the Latin word ambire, which means to go around in terms of canvassing for votes. I'm running for president and I go to my fellow citizens and I canvass myself or my government and I give them many reasons why they should vote for me and I basically put myself forward to them and embire myself as the candidate that they should select to be in power. And so this is where we get the word ambition. It is a desire for success in an area. I discussed a little bit earlier about the dichotomy that we have between power and weakness. Another one is between ambition and humility or self-actualization versus others serving. And we see great arguments for both being a Christian way of living in the Bible. And I could give you a few examples. We'll be giving a few examples of that in the podcast, the episode coming up, but it's everywhere. God working through our weakness and God displaying his glory through our greatness. And when we have two seemingly contradictory but coexisting principles, we call this an antimony. And I actually learned this on Sunday from the man who was preaching, James Tillman. He explained that antimonies are seemingly contradicting to us. But the beautiful thing is that God doesn't see these two things as uh, contradictory. 
So it's basically, it's two truths that, let's say, God works through our weakness, but he requires us to be great to display his power. And I'll get into that later about his requirement for our greatness or encouragement even for our greatness. And these two truths, yeah, they're contradictory in our minds, but God is God and we will never fully understand God. If we did fully understand God, he wouldn't be God. So that is the beauty of antimonies. How we deal with them is to trust that, okay, so they're not contradictory to God. We trust that he has put these two truths in place, that they are both true, even though we don't understand it. And we submit in obedience to both truths. So that is what we are going to attempt to do today in our discussion when we're talking about weakness and power. Okay, story time. I was at a Bible study this week on Thursday, and you guys know that because I made milk course and it was yeah, really nice, even if I do say so myself, even though the stove was a mess. Anywho, I had been listening all day that day to a podcast by Nancy Wilson called The Femina Podcast. And she has a very, uh, should I, how should I put this nicely? She's incredible and I love her podcast. As I said, I was binge listening to it. It was amazing. However, she leans very much more to the traditional view of how a wife should be in the home. And this is of homemaking, submitting to the husband, all good things. But she's very, if I can say left and right, she's very to one side of very almost unambitious, very meek and gentle and serving a serving attitude, having a serving attitude towards one's husband and in the home. And so I started adopting this quite narrow view, if I can say that. So I was very surprised when I got to Bible study and the hostess was of the, not opposite, because she is a, a beautiful example of someone who submits in a godly way to her husband and she has a gorgeous home and she bakes the most amazing food. However, her viewpoint of how she led her life, what sort of was an overarching guidance in when she makes her decisions was ambition. She was super goal oriented. Think about that thing that you want to achieve and think about all these things that you're doing. Are they achieving that thing? Great, do them to the best of your ability, spend time. If they're not, get them out the way so that you can be doing what God has called you to do. So if washing dishes is not something that goes towards your purpose, you don't like need to spend time mastering the art of washing the dishes. Just get the dishes out of the way so that you can focus on the things that God has called you to do. Whereas Nancy, was like washing the dishes is what God has called us to do and we should have joy and thank God that we get to wash these dishes. And so they're both true, right? They're both beautiful ways of living, but they're just slightly different viewpoints. And I think it's important to recognize in your life where you have maybe gone a little bit deep down the rabbit hole of one viewpoint. Maybe you've gotten into a rut in your habits 
And it's good to maybe realize that there are other viewpoints that you can incorporate either a little bit of everything or you pick your lane, but you be aware that is the lane that you are going in. Now, what is wrong with me going down this narrow path? This narrow path. The problem is that there is no tension. I think a healthy balance in our lives is to live within tension. And when I am going down this path of self-serving only, what about me? What about the gifts that God has given me that are not washing dishes or not what anyone needs at that moment? If I'm living purely for others, what about the difference that I've been called to make here on earth? What about the uniqueness that God has given me? What about the dreams that God has given me? If I'm to give all of that up just so that I can help others to live their dreams, that's very noble, but is that glorifying God? And I would argue no. I would suggest we rather live in tension. And maybe this resonates with you, maybe this doesn't. The hostess that night could not believe that it was even a question that we live without ambition. But personally, this is how I have viewed Christian faith my since I can remember, basically. And I'll tell you a little bit about that next. When I was 17, or around about there, I was a teenager, writing in my journal, I wrote down these words. She lives to love others. I wrote these down because I read in a book somewhere, I don't remember which book, talking about Jesus, that he lived to love others. Beautiful. And he did. He lived and he loved others. But the thing that this instilled in me was a sense of finding my purpose, first of all, in how well others are receiving my love, having this motto as a teenager combined with my personality of fearing to be a burden, not wanting to be a burden, not wanting to be in anyone's way, made me very scared to say what I wanted when someone would ask me or to go for my dreams in a very driven way. It's made me a very laid back person and almost that desire to be invisible, it ignited that. She loves to love others. I'll be the one packing the chairs at the back of the room so that everyone can sit there and attend and, and they can learn because they've they're the, one who are they're the ones who are going to get up and make a difference in the world. I will make sure that they do that. And it instilled in me this um, thinking. I don't know why. Because now when I speak about it, it sounds skewed. But maybe you've had a similar thinking or thinking along these lines. Maybe you've grown up in a home that is very religious or very outwardly focused and you've been neglected yourself or neglected your own self and not thought how you could actually be that person to be in the spotlight so that you can spotlight God. But now I'm jumping ahead. 
because what I think a more accurate statement to describe the way Jesus lived and therefore how we should live is that Jesus lived to glorify God. And I have scripture to back this up. In John 17 verse 4, Jesus said, I have brought you, speaking about God or to God, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So there is a sense that we have work to do. And why do we do it? We do it to bring glory to God. And thereby bringing glory to God, we are loving others because as we love, it glorifies God. But that's not all we can do to glorify God. If we've given the gift of singing, we can sing really beautifully in places where people will hear us and we can share in song all the good things that God has done or we can just sing about whatever as long as it's pleasing to the Lord and people will look at us singing but if we're doing it with the right attitude or prayerfully they will see God's glory. It's amazing how that happens but it does. And this weekend, my shift has become from let's live to love others to let's live to glorify God. How do we do that? I would like to share a scripture with you and then a little analogy. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it states, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. Have you ever created something? I have this beautiful story that someone told me this week, which was that there was this gorgeous painting on the wall. His wife had just done it. And he said, when you look at this painting, do you say to this painting, you are stunning. What you have like this, you have done so well at being this beautiful. The colors, the textures, you are just... Or do you look at the painting and you immediately look around the room and say, who, who did this? Who did this? It's gorgeous. You praise it, but who do you praise it to? You praise it to the person who completed it. And... Are you praising the work? Yes, but you're praising the work because of the worker. This painting does a beautiful job at displaying the handiwork of the artist. If it is a bad painting, we know it's because the artist didn't paint with a very good hand, right? But if it is gorgeous, we think how talented is the artist? And this is how we can view our spiritual lives and our worldly lives even by thinking of them as a handiwork and everything that we achieve at the end of the day tells of God's handiwork and this is backwards because our society does not work like this we flipping praise creation and we don't give a second glance to the creator. But when you think about it in light of this painting, why would we do that? If you are of more of a traditional view like I was, 
which is that we should be meek and gentle behind the scenes, not bringing any attention to ourselves. This is the Christian way to, if there's no light shining on that painting and no one sees it, how would we ever know who Vincent van Gogh was? We would never know him if we didn't know his paintings. So we know God through people around us being great, being who they were made to be, using their gifts, being in the spotlight, because that does tell us about God. It tells us that he loves us so much that he would give us these beautiful gifts and that he's a creator and that he is a good father and that he is a close friend, all of these things. If you are still struggling a little bit with the rightness of God actually encouraging us and wanting us and desiring us to be great, I have a parable for you from the Bible that might shine some light onto how God views our investment into our works here on earth and the impact that we can make. It's from Matthew 25. I've got my Bible out for this one. Sit back and enjoy. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He calls together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Important to note. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. 
To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That was a little bit hectic. <laughs> what can I say? It's the Bible. But I love that he divided what he gave to people according to their ability. So God knows what we are capable of. He gives us dreams and drive and ambition according to what we can achieve. But whether we do with what we have is what we do with what we have matters. And God calls us to do something. But the key is, and you'll see more about this later on in this episode and even more in the next episode, part two, is whose glory is it for? Because I would argue that God is asking us to do everything that he has called us to do for his glory, just like Jesus did. Because if it is for our glory, perhaps that is where we go wrong. The traditional view has a point. Perhaps when we are self-seeking and self-actualizing to the point where we're doing it so that people will notice us, so that we'll find belonging, so that we find, okay, I yeah, this is my purpose. I'm good with what I'm doing. We get acceptance. We get love. If it's for what we can get, maybe that's not. So what God has called us to do, and that's not the way Jesus lived. But if it's greatness because of what God has done in our lives, what he's given us, and we are purely delighting in the gifts that he has given us, and it's for his glory, so that at the end of the day, he can be glorified through our actions, I would argue that this is actually what God would want from us. Even if it leads to personal accomplishment, even if I become the best, even if I become famous for it, even if I become world known, even if I become a leader in it, even if I earn a lot of money from doing it, even if I get 5 million uh, followers on Instagram because of it, Fame, money, it's not bad. If we're doing our works just to get that because we just want to prove ourselves, we want to be liked, that's a little bad. One great area to look at advancement of our ambitious dreams and making this align with God's calling is through sport. You see a lot of people really working very hard, eating well, and using their talent, because not all of us possess talent to do athletic things, in order to achieve fantastic goals, like Olympic gold medals, breaking records, all of these things. Very ambitious goals. One article I read was by Ed Mezzetti. And he spoke about the tension between ambition and godliness. And can they be the same thing? He asked a very good question. As Christians, 
are we destined or designed or called to be no more than keen amateurs at things? Or is it okay, is it in fact godly to be dedicated professionals at what we do? And his argument was, oh yes, it is great to be professionals. He even gave an example, which I will be talking about more in the next episode, but he basically referenced 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. Whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He came back to that same point, that same crux. Whose glory is it for? It is good to have ambition if it is for the glory of God, as we have seen in so many sportsmen and heroes of our time. So guys, I hope you have enjoyed this almost shorter introduction, encouragement, yeah, introduction to the topic of ambition. We spoke a little bit about the definition of ambition and where it comes from, the Latin word empire, to basically canvas yourself when seeking for both. So that's where it comes from. Makes sense. Um, the Bible's approach to ambition versus gentleness and humility. I didn't go too much into where the Bible says to be meek and serving. There are so many, but I focused more on the Bible verses that pushed for ambition and greatness for the glory of God, because this is the viewpoint that I wanted to bring our attention to as a focus. And hopefully, like it did for me, puts a little jut in your walk because I think that's very good. Sometimes we're walking pretty steadily and that can feel very comfortable, but sometimes we need just a little jut in our walk, like a little stumble, and we think, oh my gosh, people are looking, I stumbled. No, actually, we stumble so that we can stop, look at where we are, look at how we're walking, and move on. Anyway, side note, because that happened to me and it was flipping uncomfortable, but it was so important and it's encouraged me so much and it's grown me as a person, so I hope it's done the same for you. I don't smile much when I'm teaching, sorry. Okay, the next episode, what to look forward to. We will be talking a little bit more about success and more specifically the risks of success, which I think those of us with a more traditional view would be like, yeah, look at the people who are successful right now. Are they actually bringing glory to God? No. So like, what do we need to be careful of as we are going for success, which we have now seen as a very godly attribute or practice? Some practical tips on how we can make an impact in the world and for God, as well as an inspiring story, I did promise you, on a gold medalist. I won't tell you who, you'll have to come find out next week. And so I really hope that you enjoyed this shorter episode, this format. Let me know your comments and reviews, and please don't forget to subscribe. Have a happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining me today on Chocolate Cake on Tuesday. If you would like to hear more content just like this, don't forget to like this episode, leave me a comment, or if you're on Spotify, a review, Share this episode with a friend or family member and subscribe to my channel and show. Just a reminder that there will be a part two to this episode coming up, so please look out for that. Subscribe so that you don't miss part two with more stories and more encouragement. Now there's lots more cake to go around, so if you'd like another slice, please 
stay a bit, listen to another episode and have some tea. Happy Tuesday.